If you're joining by live stream, I want to welcome you. Glad you're here. As a matter of fact, Roger texted me a little bit ago. Uh, he's on vacation, he and Brenda, and said they're joining by live stream. So uh, I'll have to, I guess, behave myself. I don't know. But, uh, but anyhow, uh, so uh, there's something else I was going to say about that. I had a really good wisecrack that I was going to say, and I just lost it, man. But, but nevertheless, oh, I know what it is. I texted him back and said, remember, the camera adds 50 pounds. So that's what it was. So anyhow, anybody else? Hand up, anybody else? Okay. Think we're all there. You know, once a year, Roger asked me to uh, share with you uh, kind of a snapshot of missions for 2023. This is not exhaustive or all-inclusive by any means, and we'll talk about that a little bit more right at the end, but, uh, but do want to at least be able to walk through this trifold with you and just see what the Lord may lay on uh, my heart, your heart as individuals, as we pray to seek God about what our part would be. So let's pray together. Father, again, we just pause and say thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you for purpose in life. And thank you, God, that you place a calling on every person in this room that is a follower of yours. The truth is you've uniquely gifted every individual. And God, I pray during this time together that everyone in this room would feel comfortable in their own skin. Just comfortable with the gift set that you've given them. Because God, not everybody's called to go. Matter of fact, you tell some not to go, and they'd be, obe- they'd be disobedient if they went. And so, Father, we will never, as a church, twist an arm or say somebody needs to go somewhere. We just know, Father, that the most important thing we can do of all is get on our knees before you and pray. God's the most powerful ministry, and you've left it to all of us. So, Father, for some to pray, maybe some to give, maybe some to go. God, whatever that may be, there's no varsity or junior varsity team. It's all equally important. We are the body of Christ, and we make up different parts. But Father, I pray that right now we would seek you and say, God, speak to my heart during this time. What role do you want me to play here as your bride, the Bridge Church? We love you. We'll be careful to give you all the credit, all the glory. We ask it again in the strong name of our King Jesus. Amen. Well, on the cover, if you'll draw your attention, I'd like to draw your attention to it around the corner and around the world, a snapshot of missions for 2023 here at the Ridge Church. So let's open that up and look at the inside cover, and you'll see our strategy. Everybody say strategy. Say strategy. So here we go. Jesus said it. It's in Acts 1.8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea in Samaria and to the end of the earth. Now, we know a lot of times what I've used that verse as is something saying here in the United States, our Jerusalem would be like Franklin County and around this surrounding area. And our, our Judea would be maybe the state of Missouri and over in Illinois. And our Samaria would be North America. And the ends of the earth would be the rest of the world, right? But also, I love the way Roger puts this, because Jesus was standing in Jerusalem whenever he said, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, ends of the earth. This area was the ends of the earth whenever he was speaking that. But either way, we do know without a doubt, God's called us to reach people in the name of Jesus at home and all the way around the globe. And so we want to talk a little bit about that strategy. As a matter of fact, we also want to be a part uh, with Jesus saying that from Jerusalem and with Scripture being clear that the gospel is to the Jew first and then to the Greek and to the Gentile. Uh, as a church, we really want to begin to ramp up in a stronger way how we uh, hopefully have an impact on Jewish 
Jewish people to be able to hear the gospel. And there are two ways. One of those I'll talk about later in our time this morning. But the first one is we're getting ready to engage in a relationship with a great organization from Israel that always shares the gospel with Jewish people. And many of those precious Jewish people are coming to Jesus. And it's an exciting thing. And so we're excited to begin to engage in that way. But be, uh, continue to pray with us along, uh, along those lines. But back to Acts 1.8, I want you to know that the, the, the point of the verse that is the most powerful, most important to me part of the verse is the very beginning. I'm going to read it again. But you shall receive power. Say power. power. When the Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, has come upon you. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth. The most important thing we can do as a church family is get on our knees on a daily basis and cry out to God and say, God, will you remind me of any unconfessed sin? We talked about this a lot around here. Say unconfessed. Say unconfessed. It's important because I'm telling you, once we confess sin, the Bible says that God will take our sin, put it as far away from us as east is from the west, bury them in the deep sea, remember them no more. So God chooses to forget once we confess sin. The problem is Satan loves to push rewind and play and rewind and play and rewind and play over and over in your precious mind because he wants to pile drive you and me on something that we've already dealt with. But if it's an unconfessed sin, say unconfessed then that's where we need to get on our knees on a daily basis and say, God, remind me. What is anything unconfessed in my life that I need to confess to you? Because that's surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Roger's been talking about the Holy Spirit for a few weeks. And I'm telling you, we need to surrender to his power that our first gut feeling, our first thought, our first inclination would be him because we've confessed that unconfessed sin. We are just a branch and too many times we're acting like the vine, at least I am, okay? And I'm telling you, Jesus is the vine, right? We're the branch and the Bible says apart from him we can do what? Nothing, nothing. And so the best laid plans, even a church that's in a great strong financial position like the Ridge, and thank God for your generosity and that we are, but with all of that, it won't go near as far if we're not surrendered to the Holy Spirit, and first things first, man, it is to do Billy Graham's strategy a years ago. It was a three-step strategy, and it's our strategy as well. You ready for it? Pray, pray, pray. Okay? Man, to get on our knees before that holy God. By the way, it says, I will not give up on you, and I will not let you go. I'm that head over heels in love with you, and I love to bring up sin because I love to forgive. That's the God that we surrender to, and that's what will bring this alive. We can go places, not even surrender to the Holy Spirit, and God's word will never return void. We'll still see things happen, but I'm telling you, how much more if we surrender? He still gets all the glory because he does a cleaning, but our strategy, first and foremost, is to surrender to the Holy Spirit. So let's look at the balance of the strategy on this first panel. Number one, we've already referenced it. We bathe everything in prayer. Number two, we share him by the power of the Holy Spirit. Number three, we want to have a balance in evangelism and discipleship. What does that mean? We thank God every time we see somebody come to Christ. Isn't that exciting? Amen? But that's when the work begins. I was in a church one time where somebody said, man, we've been praying for him for a long time. He got saved. Mark him off the prayer list. And the truth of the matter is, we probably should put him on the prayer list about three times now, okay? Because discipleship matters. And we want to always be balanced in not only evangelism, but also making disciples as Scripture commands us to do. It's a mandate. Now, we also don't want to be lopsided and only doing discipleship whenever we're not doing enough evangelism. So it's not an either or. It's a both and. And you cannot separate those in Scripture. Also, we want to be balanced going local and global. Locally and globally. So what does that mean? 
Sometimes, uh, maybe a church, I don't know, can get out of balance where they're going to the other side of the world and thank God for that, but maybe not doing so much at home. We want to make sure that we're sharing Jesus right here in this precious community and doing everything we possibly can right here in Franklin County and the surrounding area, but also going to the ends of the earth, going across the Atlantic or the Pacific, because again, it's a, it's a both and, not an either or. We want to also make sure we're balanced in personal evangelism and event evangelism. I love events. I love them. You know, we just had the, the BMX guys come in and the motorcycle guy. And we had, you know, 900 people over in, in Union High School gym. 94 people came to Christ. And isn't that exciting? I mean, multiple churches followed up on that. And we had the privilege to follow up on some. And it's just been an exciting thing. But I'm telling you, as much as I love events, we can do events until Jesus comes back. And events, it, it's addition. It's addition. We see 10 people come to Christ, 18 people come to Christ, and addition is incredible. But personal evangelism is where multiplication steps in at its best. That's where each one of us learn how to share our faith and the gift set that God has given us. For some of you, it's building bridges to be able to even get the gospel to them by baking an apple pie and taking it over to them. You've heard me say it before. That's not my, I, I will run people away from the cross if I bake them an apple pie and bring it to them, okay? It's not going to work. But there's all kinds of different ways for us to share our faith. It's not always a verbal, you know, communication kind of thing. Many times it can lead to that. But if we're all comfortable in how God has created us to uniquely take the gospel. But personal evangelism is 10 of us going to 10 people and training them to go to more people and more people. And it's multiplication. So we need to be balanced. We don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We still do events. But we want to be balanced between personal evangelism and event evangelism. The next bullet point you'll see is we want to be balanced in the building and out of the building. In the building and out of the building. So we're always going to say to people, come and hear or come in here, okay? But we all know something. That is the majority of the cars and trucks that drive by this property on any given week do not give a rip about what's going on in here on a Sunday morning or a Wednesday night, and they're just being lost. So we've got to always take the gospel out. We'll be in several mobile home communities different places like that. We'll be on our own church parking lot during our church picnic in many different ways because we know that we can put you're all welcome out on the sign and it's not a strategy, okay? They are welcome and we know that, but they don't know that. So we got to be balanced between inside the building and outside the building. And then last bullet point on the balance is God will do it with us or without us. God is going to do this with us or without us. Now, I'm a guy that believes Jesus died that none should perish. I believe somebody can say yes to the gospel, and I believe somebody can say no and walk away from the gospel, okay? But we know that this is going to happen with us or without us, and here's the reason why. I referenced two verses here, Revelation 5, 9 and Revelation 7, 9, and 10. And let's look at Revelation 5, 9. This is where God, being the author of the Bible, uses a human instrument by the name of John to pen the words of the revelation of Jesus Christ. And he allows John to get a glimpse into heaven. We talk about this at least once a year here because it's important for my mind to be reminded of it at least. But I tell you, John gets a glimpse into heaven and he sees what worship time is going to be like in heaven when everything here on earth is said and done. Whenever everything's done and we're all in glory together, here's what's going to be taking place. Listen to this. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue, and people, and nation. I want you to say with me, every tribe, and tongue, and people, and nation. Everybody's going to heaven. That's not what it's saying. Matter of fact, Bible would say, broad is the gate, 
that leads to hell, and many will go and buy it. Narrow is the gate that leads to heaven. Few will be, the few there will be that will find it. Looks like there will be many more people in hell than in heaven. But what this means is, before Jesus returns, at least one person from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation, will have not only heard the gospel, but will have responded positively and surrendered to Christ. That word nation, by the way, I want you to know by the time it was rewritten, transliterated in the King James in 1611, that word nation, people, people begin to think about geographical boundaries like the United States and Germany and Ukraine, different things. But it means people groups. It's ethnic groups. It's heart languages. And at least one person from every tribe, tongue, people, nation will hear the gospel and will come to Christ. And you know why I know this is going to happen with us or without us? Because it's in the Bible. And if it's in the Bible, it's going to happen. Amen? Amen. Let's look at how he doubles down in Revelation chapter 7. Uh, Revelation 7, 9, and 10. After these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, say all nations, say tribes, say peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. I'm telling you, at least one person from every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation, will be in heaven at worship time when it's all said and done. But you know what? Right now, not all people are reached. Right now, there are heart languages not yet heard in, in heaven at worship time. As a matter of fact, here's what we know. There are 11,750 people groups in the world today. 11,750. Of those 11,750 people groups, 6,825 of those people groups are considered unreached. That means less than 2% have come to Christ. Many are at 0%, but less than 2%. Here's what much smarter people than me have found out. Once a people group reaches 3% reached, and what I mean by reached is not filling a pew, but I'm talking about somebody who is radical about their faith, and they are sharing Jesus with other people. Once three of 100 people actually are radically sharing their faith, it's enough leaven in the bread for that people group to be reached. But right now, there are 6,825 people groups who are less than 2% that are unreached. Now, whenever I stood on this platform in 2022, that statistic was 7,050. 7,050. That means there are 225 more reached people groups now than there were a year ago. 225 that's gone from unreached to reached. Sometimes that takes 10 years to see the gospel spread through a people group, but that's incredible as we see the needle moving. Now, of those 6,825 unreached people group, there are 3,050 people groups who are unengaged and unreached. Unengaged means not only are they unreached, but as far as we know, there's not one Christian, not one missionary, not one church that's taking the gospel into those people groups. 3,050. A year ago, on this platform, 2022, there were 3,150. There's 100 fewer unengaged people groups. And guess who one of them is? It's the H people in Senegal that our church voted in 2019 to engage. Now, we voted in 2019, but engagement didn't start until last year because of this little thing called the worldwide pandemic. So we didn't get to engage until last November, and we're one of those hundred. But I can tell you, that needle continues to move, and that number continues to go down. And even though there's 278 million people that's represented in those unengaged, unreached people groups, now again, there's far more than that that are lost across the world. There's millions that are lost in the United States alone, even though we're considered reached. 
But in those unengaged, unreached people groups, it represents 278 million people. But that continues to change year by year. You know what I believe? I don't know that I'm going to see the return of Christ. I'm 60 years old. Men in my family tap out in their mid-60s. I want to hang on until I'm 82. That's my goal. Because I didn't marry until I was 31 years old. And I want to be married to Joy Caldwell for 50 years. If God will just give me 50 years. Now you're saying, well, wait a second. 31 plus 50 is only 81. Well, I might die before my anniversary. And I want to just seal the deal, make it to 82, and make sure I've been married to that woman for a half a century. Nothing would thrill me more. But I'm telling you, I don't know when that day. But it doesn't matter how long I, how long I live. What matters is I'm not sure my generation is going to see this. But I tell you who I believe with all my heart's going to see it. It's the generation coming on the scene. Do you know, for some crazy reason, God and his sovereignty over the last two, two and a half years. Now listen, this has happened at the Ridge Church for decades. You guys, I've been on this moving train for five and a half years, jumped on. I'm holding on for dear life. You all are crazy. I don't know if you know that or not, but you're absolutely crazy in a beautiful way. But I can tell you, you've seen this stuff happen for a long time. I've never seen anything quite like it. God has blessed us with so many young adults in the last two and a half years. I mean, they just keep coming in. I got three more texts today of people who are kind enough to text me their number saying, yeah, I'd like to be invited to the, to the young adult thing. I'm at 205 right now, young adults from the Ridge Church. That it's, they're in their 20s and 30s. They've got a ton of kids. Half of them are pregnant. They're, they're a productive group. But anyhow, I can tell you, it's church growth, church growth, part of, it's part of it. But I can tell you, and we got a lot of unmarrieds as well, singles that are just unbelievable. I took a bunch of them. We, we went bowling Friday night and hate to admit it, but I'm sore. I bowled three games and I'm sore. Man, it's a horrible thing getting old. But I can tell you that God has brought us here. And I think that's the generation, the students, our youth that are so amazing, they're going to see this happen. Some of us won't make it. We'll already be in glory. We'll see it from the other side. But this is going to happen with us or without us. So let's look at this passage in Matthew chapter 24. We know this great chapter. Jesus starts talking about, the disciples say, what are the signs of you returning? And he begins to say wars and rumors of wars and, and earthquakes in different places and all these things that we are seeing, we are seeing live and well today. Amen. But tucked in there is this incredible verse in verse 14 where he says, there's one thing that must happen before he returns. Listen to this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world. Say all the world. As a witness to all nations. Say all the nations. And then, and then the end will come. Every tribe, every tongue, every people, every nation. At least one is going to respond. And our role is to be a part of that, but to keep reaching by the grace of God people right here in Franklin County, St. Louis metro area, and all around us as well. And what incredible purpose. You know why God has called us to be a part of this? He's going to do it with or without us. It's in the Bible. It's going to happen. Bible's truth. But the reason why he's called us is not because he needs us. It's because we need this calling. You, you want to talk about purpose with a world that's looking for purpose. And God, the God, of the, the creator of the heavens and earth, he's inviting us to join him. You want to talk about a reason to get out of bed tomorrow. We need this calling. And for some crazy reason from the beginning of time, God has chosen to use people just like us. And what an incredible radical 
passionate thing to live for. There's nothing greater. There's nothing greater. So, I want to get back to this. Here we go. Let's look at some of the dates to be determined. We have prayer vigils that we'll be doing periodically throughout the year, at least one or two of those. We'll let you know about a month ahead of time. Personal evangelism training. That's where we'll at, least, at least two different times we'll have a segment of time where you can come in and learn how to share your faith. Many of you could teach me how to do that, but we'll give it the old college try and we'll learn together. We're going to have uh, event evangelism training, and I'd like to plan this pretty quick before the weather breaks because we've already got plans for about five mobile home communities, maybe even sim- simultaneously. There's smaller mobile home communities in, uh, in towns very near here, about 15 minutes away, that we'd like to be able to take the gospel to. I just had a conversation again this morning with the owner of those mobile home communities, and she's so passionate to get the gospel in there. So we will do, how do you do block parties? How do you do movie nights? Uh, all that kind of stuff. We will do that uh, uh, event evangelism training, and we'll let you know uh, in, in the coming weeks. The local community ministries, again, block parties, movie nights, door-to-door friendly invites, many different things. And those things are just as vital as jumping on a plane and going to the Philippines or Africa or anything else. And you know what's even more vital, perhaps? Maybe not even doing any of those, but you're on your knees at home saying, God, will you move? Will you save people? That's the most powerful thing that we can do. And then also remember, Operation Christmas Child... I want you to know we, we, we ramped this up on October 1 and we go for about six weeks to about the middle of November and there's perhaps no cooler way or unique way for you to grab a box or two or three and have your kids or your grandkids run with you to Dollar Tree, come back, we'll give you a list and pack those boxes right there on your kitchen table and then say to your kids and grandkids in a short period of time, some child in a very rough setting that's prob- probably never heard the gospel is going to open this box and let's pray. God already knows who that little boy, little girl is going to be. Let's pray for them right now. You want to talk about a mission trip. But another thing that we can do is build a box. And build a box goes on all year round. As a matter of fact, if you go to our church website, even today, you'll see a link that will take you to build a box with Samaritan's Purse. And for $25, that includes postage to be able to ship it, you can pack a box. Hannah loves doing those. It's kind of interactive. Doesn't take that much to entertain me. But there's like five things to choose from. You click on it, you watch it go in the box. I'm going, wow, it just went in the box. You know, so anyhow, it's an incredible thing. You can pack boxes in February, March, and April, May as the Holy Spirit leads you uh, to be able to do that. But again, you can find that on our website. So there's so many different things that are right here, but then they scatter out all over the world. The cooperative program, let me talk to you about that for a moment. There's about 45,000 Southern Baptist churches across this nation that all pitch in to something called the cooperative program. And all those funds collectively go to not only take care of about six seminaries that are training next generation leaders, but they also provide for 9,653 missionaries all around the world, including North America, including many right here in Missouri. My wife and I, we were appointed by the North American Mission Board whenever we had the privilege to be your director of evangelism for this state convention. And, uh, and these missionaries, that, what it means is their salary, they're not going to get rich, but their salary is taken care of. Their insurance, if their kids get sick, is taken care of. They got a little bit of retirement going on. So whenever they do come back from 20 years on a mission field, they, they can actually, you know, retire. I mean, they don't have to come off the field every year and go around 
around to churches and try to raise support. It's a beautiful way that churches work cooperatively together, the cooperative program, to be able to take care of them so they can focus on the gospel uh, in whatever area that they're called to. So that's what cooperative program. There's a, the budget that you guys approve every year. There's a percentage of that, of everything given that goes to support those close to 10,000 missionaries. We also support our Franklin County Baptist Association. Our own director of missions is a member here, Jim Plymail. But that's about 35 churches right here in Franklin County that are working cooperatively together. There's also missions or uh, uh, offerings like Lottie Moon Christmas offering and Annie Armstrong Easter offering and the, and the Missouri Missions offering. You say, well, what are those? Well, again, a percentage by month goes into those and sent off. And here's the deal. Those international missionaries, 100% of that offering does not, does not go, zero goes to administration, computers, salaries. 100% goes to reaching people with the gospel. Same way with, with uh, Annie Armstrong for our North American missionaries and same way with MMO for our Missouri missionaries. Uh, and, and it's an incredible thing whenever they don't have to worry about administrational things, but all that goes strictly to the gospel to reach people worldwide and all the way down right here in our own county. So those are some of the things that you guys always approve every year to be able to go toward, and, and it's, it's making a, a, a difference by the grace of God all around the world. Now I want you to look at the other two panels, if you have this just, uh, completely open, that's uh, called the opportunities. Here are mission trips for the year, okay? And I'm not going to talk long about any of these, but El Salvador, we're going to go to twice. As a matter of fact, the first one is going on right now. As you know, Norman, Karen, Howe are in El Salvador, and they're, uh, they're back working with church planters and doing eyeglass clinics on a volcano, okay? I've been on that volcano multiple times, and it's dormant, okay? I do pray extra hard when I'm there. I guess we should pray it stays dormant while Norm's there too, right? And Karen. But I want you to know, I texted Norm this morning, and I said, how's it going? And, and so far, they have examined over 800 people at the eye clinic. They've given out hundreds of glasses. Uh, they've given out over 200 Bibles, and 60, 60 people have surrendered to Christ so far. Can we give the Lord a hand for that? Amen? Isn't that incredible? He said, pray for us tomorrow because we've been asked to go into two schools. There they say, if you, you can share anything you want to as long as you do it in English because we want our students to hear people speak English that grew up speaking English. I would teach some bad grammar, okay? But I can tell you, they still want to hear it. And so one of those schools has over 1,500 students and they're sharing the gospel in both of those settings tomorrow. So pray for God's harvest as they're there. We're going to be going again, as you can see, in July and August. We have a partnership with the church planner in Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, you can see the dates and a little description there and the cost to go on that trip. Uh, they, they planted a church there three years ago. It's going phenomenal. There's another church in our area, First Baptist O'Fallon, Missouri, that takes trips up there. If we could just throw one or two of our people in their van to go up and help, it would be a huge help. So if that's something that the Lord would lay on your heart, let me know. By the way, on any of these, on the very back... In white bold is my email address, but you can also call the church office and anyone will give you my cell number, text me, and we'll talk in greater detail about anything that we talk about uh, today, okay? Not just about these trips, but anything for that matter. The Philippines, we're going to be going back to the Philippines, and I think, Lynn, you're here. I've asked, this is the only one we're going to talk about just a little bit more uh, because it's coming up quick. And so, Lynn... We'll share as soon as I figure out I turned it off for you. How's that? I am so excited. Is it on? 
Yeah. I'm so excited about going back to the Philippines this year uh, for the Cross-Cultural Partnership Conference. Um, our church has been supporting uh, missionaries, actually frontline Filipino missionaries to unreached people groups for almost 20 years. And the unreached people group that he was talking about that our church has really supported for a long time is the Molbog people. Their code name is Moby. And we have seen some real breakthroughs, uh, especially with uh, the missionaries Edwin and Nervi Ballas that we are going to meet there at this conference. Their student ministry is breaking barriers uh, among these Muslim people uh, and reaching out to their families and to their communities. So we're going to go there. This is the first, uh, in 2011, Dave and I went as a representative from this church, but this is the first in-person conference that we've been able to have where we get to meet one-on-one -on -one since you know what happened. And uh, so this is the first one since 2019. But even though we have been not able to meet personally, uh, we have continued to develop and keep a strong relationship, especially with Edwin and Nervy, uh, through Zoom and Messenger. So I just can't wait to get there and give her a big hug and just praise God for all that's happening. Right now we have a team of three people going. I'm going, and then Pastor Norm Howell is going. Karen Copeland is going, and we have another young person that is interested in going. And we're looking for other people who might want to go and just develop a cross-cultural relationship with these brave missionaries who go to the hard places on these remote islands that we can't go. And so if you are interested, I know you can pray, pray, pray. Many of you uh, can give, but is God calling you to go this year? If so, just be sure and uh, let me know. We'd love to have you. Thank you. Thank you, Lynn. And I want you to know, we've been to the Philippines before, and on the pyramid of importance, the top of that pyramid is not money. They learned a long time ago how to live without money. But it's friendships. It's relationships. And whenever we make that trip over there, they call it the, island, the, the islands of smiles. As soon as you get off the plane, you know why? I'm telling you, it means something. And again, they are living on islands that we can't even get to. We can go to that, obviously, where the conference is. But some of these islands are so remote, it, it, it'd be trouble if we even tried to get on those islands. And they're not without trouble either, uh, even though they're nationals, even though they're Filipino. So let's pray for those precious uh, people. And by the way, this organization, their goal is to reach 13 unengaged, unreached people groups in the next few years. So it continues to move the needle and we get to play a part of that. Senegal, West Africa, we talked about that a lot last year. Uh, it'll be coming up again soon. I misspelled Kurt Keller. So it's not Kirk, but if you don't mind, whenever you see him next week, call him Kirk, okay? And he'll just shake his head. Uh, that's why copy and paste will get you because I misspelled his name last year too. And I've known him for years. But anyhow, I can tell you that he's going to be leading a trip in late April and early May. I'll be leading a trip somewhere around November. And we could go on and on, but there's a, a brief description of what we're doing. And again, that's our new engaged 
unreached people group, who we refer to for security reasons, that's the H people, that's there in Senegal, West Africa. Mexico, we've got two trips planned. Jeff and Lori Brown, longtime members here that are now in Springfield, they're still the point people there. You can see the information for Mexico. Madison and Monroe, Wisconsin, it's one trip. That's in partnership with our association, the Franklin County Baptist Association. And again, Probably four or five churches are going. If two of us jumped in a van with them, that would be a huge help. So be praying, and you can see the description there. And then St. Louis and East St. Louis, the St. Louis Project, about 500 teens coming in from six different states, most of them from Missouri. And the host church this year is going to be First Baptist Church of Maryville, Illinois, about 15 minutes from the arch. But if you can help with that, we need your help, and you'll see as we're training up next-generation leaders. And then one that I didn't have on here last year, but I never want to miss— Aurora, Illinois. Again, team leader is Linda Carr. You can reach out to her. Here's what it is. They go just for a few days to a suburb of Chicago. It's a very inexpensive trip. And they go to a child, uh, Operation Christmas Child Processing Center with literally thousands and thousands and thousands of boxes. They need help. Samaritan's Purse. They're the last hands before they begin to go out of the country all around the world and vitally important. So check out that mission trip as well. And then one that I don't have mentioned on here is the Israel trip. Our church is going to Israel toward the end of the year. And it's always an incredible, incredible deep spiritual journey because I went in 2018 and I've never read the Bible the same since. I'm telling you, when you walk where Jesus walked, whenever you see the sights and you look at those stories, you know, from Mount Carmel or wherever it is that you're looking at, uh, it, there's just something that causes it to come alive. But this year, the second part of trying to reach out more to Jewish people, the precious Jewish people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, we're going to be in relationship with a group there that will be able to send in maybe one night some people who have converted uh, to Christianity recently and share their testimony. And our hope, our desire is to have a missions component to that. Not that the whole trip doesn't have a phenomenal missions component, but a missions component where maybe we can even get out and we're beginning to work on that now and go do something on the field with them. Now again, this will be a lot different. This is not a bullhorn sharing the gospel, okay? Or we will blow the bridge that it took in 30 years to build into smithereens, all right? So, but we'll go out and do something uh, missionally uh, with them on that trip. So those are our trips, our opportunities in 2023. If you open it to the back and flip it over where it's wide open, on the left-hand panel, you'll see our partners. There are 24 missions organizations, individuals, or families that we have the privilege to support on a monthly basis. Now, we support a lot through our own International Mission Board and North American Mission Board, and we talked about that with Cooperative Program, but it's not either or. It's both and again where we have the opportunity to be able to support great missionaries, church planters, people in some really difficult areas of the world, other people right here across the United States. So, so be praying for them. And then on the very back panel, as we get pretty close to closing here, is our network, our network. So you can see, first of all, we have the Ridge Church of Villa Ridge, not as if we're more important, but you understand that's kind of the mothership, all right? And then several years ago, you all began a revitalization at a, a church in Sullivan. That church now is standing on their own two feet. They're their own church. They're not a campus of the Ridge Church, but we are in the same network, obviously. And that's the goal. We hope they all, you know, uh, farm out, right? And so, uh, but the bottom line is, uh, those guys are going great. The senior pastor there is Matt Dudley. And uh, just recently, now, it, I, I had to send this to print before they voted, but last Sunday, a church called Countryside Baptist Church, which used to be Reedville Baptist Church, which is a church that I came to Christ in uh, 36 years ago. They voted to merge with the Ridge of Sullivan. 
And they're going to, Ridge of Sullivan, do a revitalization there. So we're grandparents, Ridge Church of Villa Ridge, okay? Isn't that great news? Can we give the Lord a hand for that? Amen. So that'll be included in the network uh, next year. On the, it'll, it'll, make the, it'll make the panel uh, next year. Then we have our campus in Gerald. We have our campus in Leslie. And then the newest church plant that was just planted is the Ridge of Pacific, who, by the way, baptized their first four people last Sunday. Again, can we give the Lord a hand for that? Amen. That's incredible. So, you know, and I would say of that congregation, one-third are coming from that community. So one-third are from other churches and some from here. A third are children, but about one-third of about around 45, 50 people that are in attendance over at Pacific now are actually coming from that community. Many of them that weren't going to anybody's church. So it's been an incredible church plant. So a very important part. How do we get involved? Well, look at that last little box on that back panel. Number one, pray. Everybody say pray. pray. It's our strategy. Most important ministry that we can do. Isn't it crazy that God chose the most powerful ministry on the planet to be something that if a seven-year-old boy or girl just surrendered to Christ, they can be a part of. And if there's a sweet 98-year-old man or woman in a nursing home, they can be a part of. The most powerful ministry. If all we did of the three steps was pray, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. So pray, most important ministry. Number two, you can give. You may not be called to go. But maybe you can help somebody go and uh, contact us and, and we'll be able to connect you. And then to go. Uh, if God calls you, but I'm telling you again, if God does not call you, then you be obedient to him and you be a part of the gazillion other ministries you're doing. Okay? Because there's not a varsity and a junior varsity team. And shame on anybody if they ever tried to twist your arm into going. We, want you, we know how to pray and seek the Holy Spirit and listen to that still small voice. And when he says go, go. And that's, that's what we're asking you to do. You can see my email address to be able to, uh, uh, be able to get uh, uh, in touch with me with that. I want to show a couple more slides here before we close. Here's our footprint across the world right now is the Ridge Church here in Villa Ridge. Okay, You can see the key there. When you see a red dot, we're sending funding on a monthly basis or periodically at least. Uh, blue dot we're traveling to, not sending funding, but we're sending teams to. And then the green dot uh, with the little red circle around it is where we're doing both funding and travel. Both funding and travel, okay? So right now, you can see only by the grace of God, whenever you count all of that, we're on five different continents, okay? Uh, and that would be, of course, North America, but South America, Africa, Europe, and Asia, okay? We're not yet to Australia or Antarctica, but who knows? If God calls you to Antarctica, there's some scientists up there that need Jesus. Come and see us, okay? Uh, because you just never know what God may do. But uh, as far as travel, going to those, we're on four continents. We're in North America. That's, of course, Mexico and, and here. Uh, and, and even Central America. Uh, we're in Europe, we're in Africa, and we're in Asia uh, traveling to those places. Uh, if we can see the next slide, I always want to talk just a minute about the 1040 window. That's the least reached area of the world and the, and, and the one that's the most highly resistant to the gospel. It's the highest concentration of Muslim, of Hindu, and of, uh, of Buddhist. And I want you to know that about three-fifths, three-fifths of the world's population live in the 1040 window. That's from the 10th parallel to the 40th parallel north of the equator. 
okay? And there's some of the Western Hemisphere in that because West Africa is still Western Hemisphere. But I want to tell you, you say, well, how in the world does the majority of the world live in that little box? Well, I'll tell you, India and China is in that little box, okay? So that's a, over a billion each right there. So, but, but they're incredibly, just a high concentration of lost people. By far and away, the majority of the unengaged, unreached people groups uh, live in that area. So pray for the 1040 window. And we do, again, we have a presence there and thankful and traveling to uh, uh, three different areas there within the 1040 window. So continue to pray that uh, many, many people will be reached. And then back to our strategy, say pray, pray, pray. That's the strategy. Man, if we get on our knees, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If we have a passion to know Jesus better today than we knew him yesterday, to know Jesus better tomorrow than we know him today, we're going to see a lot happen. Uh, even more by accident than will ever have happened on purpose. Although we want to be intentional. We certainly want to be intentional. Now, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, the, this is not the only missions we do at the Ridge Church. Uh, listen, if you work in the nursery, you are a missionary. Uh, everything we do around here, matter of fact, I was asked to work in the nursery once. They haven't asked me back. One time, okay? And it was Josh Ross and I, and I'll be honest with you, the kids went home a little rowdy, okay? But it, give me Africa. I'm just telling you, that was hard work. I went around to several nursery workers and apologized to them. I said, can I ask you to forgive me every time you've been in the nursery and I've preached long, okay? Because I didn't think it was ever going to end. It was unbelievable. Now, I'm going to be a grandpa in April. In April, April 16th, we got our first grandbaby on the way, and I can't wait. Yeah, 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 just give the Lord a hand for that. I can't wait, but I'm not crazy about your grandkids, okay? Just mine. So I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sure they're all wonderful. But I'm telling you, that is work. If you're a nursery worker, thank God. Thank you for being a missionary. Upwards and all kinds of things. Sunday school. Everything we do here is missions. This is just the part that your missions pastor has the privilege to kind of lend a little bit of insight to. That's it. This is just a glimpse. So everything we do is missions. Everything. And thank you for being those people. And listen, your generosity... I've just never met your equal. And, and if we ever get proud of that, it's over, right? But I'm telling you, as this church continues to walk in humility, I've just never seen anything like you people. And I've been on this moving train for five and a half years. I could not love Roger more. I had to say that because he's watching on live stream. <laughs> I'm kidding. And you all know it's true. Cannot love Roger more. This team cannot love this team more but you you guys are just you have taken our world by storm and have accepted us and took us in and we're family you're us and we're you and we love you guys but I wonder what God has in store so let's just have heads bowed and eyes closed I'm going to ask for the worship team to come I'm going to ask you just to continue to to pray we began just asking God, would you let us pray and say, what's, what's your role for us? But here's how we want to close. These guys are going to begin to play just uh, musically, whatever's on their heart. And um, I wonder, with heads bowed and eyes closed, if you're here and you just ask God again, what is my role? Every role is equal. Everything is equally important. But God, what do you have in store for me in 2023? My prayer is that 2023 would be the greatest year of prayer for me in the history of my life. And uh, I got a lot of work to do on that. And I need to raise the bar. 
But there might be some people here in a moment whenever we stand that want to just come to an old-fashioned altar and get on their knees before God and say, God, what is my role? What is my role? If you can do business with God right there in the pew where you'll be standing, you stay right there and do business with God. But if you need to come to an old-fashioned altar and bow a knee before him and say, what's your plan for me? You do that. And maybe there's some people here this morning that would say, Bob, to be honest with you, I'm not 100% sure that if I died tonight, I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that I have this relationship. You can know, and you can know this morning before you leave this place. And I'm going to ask you to do something. It'll take some courage whenever we stand in a moment. You can just make your way to the front and just take a seat on any one of these front pews. They're all wide open. Any one of them. You don't have to stand up here. Just take a seat and someone will come to you. Someone will approach you. And if, you're, if you don't know you're going to heaven, you're kind of at a loss for words, just say these three words. I don't know. I don't know. And they'll share with you in a few minutes' time from God's word how you can know. But let's all stand to our feet. And as these guys play, just in silence, as these guys play, we won't sing. If you need to come, you come right now. Have a seat right here on this front pew. You come. You come.